0: Motivation is, is a huge point about changing a bad habit. It right. must be unwanted in some way. And right. the other is that it, a bad habit must not simply or does not simply get ended. It must be replaced, replaced with a good habit, at least a good action.
1: Welcome to another episode of This Catholic Life, conversations about life's ups and downs, big and small, how we deal with every situation imaginable, whatever life throws at us, but still manage to be sensible, practical, and joyful. Today's show is about changing habits. We've spoken on many previous shows about virtues and how to change, uh, how it's a good thing to change our habits if they're into good habits. We're going to talk about the practical issues to do with changing habits today. I'm your host, Peter Holmes, and today I'm joined by Father Paul Rouse. Welcome, Father. Thank you, Peter. This is becoming a habit, joining you. Indeed, and a very good habit, I hope. But let's talk about habits in general before we get stuck into good habits and bad habits. So when we talk about a habit, we're not necessarily talking about um, your state of dress. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) No, habit is is behavioural, first and foremost. Uh, It's a disposition set in, in us habitual and firm disposition, Uh, so we we typically behave that way. When we're presented with the same kind of conditions as we've met before, it's our sometimes what people call second nature type response. What what do we default to? That Hmm. would be a habit.
1: It's a learned behaviour that normally responds to the same circumstances. So I used to have a habit of um, chewing my nails. Uh, It was not good for me. Uh, And therefore, I used many different methods to try and stop chewing my nails. And now I have the opposite problem that I frequently find myself that I've forgotten to clip them and I catch them on something and (laughs) tear them off or something. So, What did you do? Dip your fingers in chili sauce or something? I tried that. I tried this. (laughs) When I was a small child, my mother covered my nails with this vile tasting substance. And all it did was make, make it an unpleasant taste. It uh, didn't change. <laughs> didn't change the way I actually dealt with it at all. And I, I still have. I can spot when my anxiety is peaking if my you know if the nails start to become uh, attacked. But um, there is just certain mental tricks to to trigger when you get to a certain point. Ah, I'm going to think this instead. Um, so it, it, it requires discipline, but it also requires consciously being aware of my habits. Uh, I also used to go to the traffic lights and, you know, the little buttons you used to press to go across the lights before COVID. Yes. I used to sit there and just like tap it uh, constantly. <laughs> and I was with a with a friend who just said, I find that very annoying. And I, <laughs> I was mortified because I didn't even realise I was doing it. It was just a habit. Mm. And these are quite trivial things. but uh, perhaps- My trivial thing was, uh, was not
0: getting a tissue to blow my nose. I wouldn't want to get up from what I was doing. And right. so I'd just sniffle and sit there and sniffle for a long time until one... <laughs> My brother said to me, it's really
1: rude to do that. So anyway, I now have a relationship with the the box of tissues as needed. Using that example as a kickoff, we can make doing the right thing easier by forming good habits. So for example, if I'm going to sit down at my computer, I will, I had a similar experience by the way, father, to your tissue example, but I'll grab a tissue box and make sure there's one within reach of my computer at all times so that it's easier for me to actually you know to get what I need and and do the right thing a high degree of self knowledge is needed with all of this, isn't it? So yes, often
0: we come to identify our habits by introspection or retrospection, so we we have thought it's about very how... big words there, father. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I hope everyone's had their their wheat bix and their coffee before they listen to this podcast. Um, in, introspection just by looking into, especially by hypotheticals, what what we would do in a given situation. Right. Uh, retrospection, what I did.
1: Right. Uh, okay. so, so, and why did I do it, and was it the right thing to do?
0: Yeah, it, all of those things, uh, perhaps little triggers and so forth. But the the point is to have a uh, a, a mirror on oneself to be taking time to be able to look back and see how we do things.
1: The practical issues of thinking through normal everyday circumstances mean that we, we don't do a lot of thinking. We sort of do things automatically. But I challenge my students in one of my classes to think that every single decision we make is a moral decision, sometimes very trivial moral decisions, but crossing the road is a moral decision. And I use the university's right on a very busy road, and I say, if you're at the lights, then crossing the at the lights is a moral decision, whether you wait for the green light to go or whether you think there's no cars, I'll just go across. And when the students doubt me, I say, well, what if you're there by yourself and you just go across? There's something important on the other side you want to run across. No one gets hurt. Is it okay? And they say mostly yes. But then you come to the point with what if there's a young child watching you, standing beside you and doesn't have the same capacity to get across the road in time but he follows your example and is, and is harmed in some way. What if that young child's actually in a block of flats watching from the distance and, and thinks this is the normal way in which things happen and two weeks later makes the same bad decision? In other words, there's all kinds of consequences we can't foresee. Every decision is a moral decision, but most of us don't think these things through. We learn our habits by watching other people. And even when we've thought them through, we think them through to a certain level, but once we've done it once, It's, you know, we don't need to think every single time I come to the lights, wow, what are all the moral things here? I just go ahead with my normal habit. And the trick here, and as Catholics, we look at habits and say, is this a habit which disposes me to good things, to doing well, or is it a habit that leaves me vulnerable to doing harm, like setting a bad example to the young child, for example? Or perhaps risking my own life in an unnecessary way. Would you say that's a fair assessment of what we talk about when we say vices and virtues?
0: Yeah. So virtues and vices are habits, broadly speaking. Uh, So not everything that is a habit is a virtue or vice. Uh, A virtue always disposes us to do what is good. And the good in this understanding is is both good acts, so that what I do is a good thing, uh, but also that uh, we give of our best self, so we do our best would be a a popular way of saying
1: that. So I was raised with a certain kind of manners and uh, often referred to as country manners and, uh, frankly, it makes it easy for me to be polite to people in certain circumstances, which is not actually me being a good person necessarily each time. Like I, I haven't sat there and had a moral debate with myself about whether to be nice to someone. It just comes out because that's the habitual way in which I address people. But the habit itself has made it easy for me to do good, to to reaffirm the good in others. And therefore, my parents did me a great service in forming that habit in me. Well, I wonder if you have that argument with yourself or... D- or- second
0: thought about yourself, when you come across people who don't share your manners, uh, there's nothing uh, objectively wrong about having different manners, apart from those country ones you talk about. Uh, But when you meet someone who who doesn't have it, I wonder if you second-guess them if you don't do it yourself.
1: Well, certainly when we look at um, people who perhaps weren't raised with the same manners or when they they habitually use quite coarse language or even a, abusive language as part of their normal life. When I went to high school, for example, it was very normal to, sw- to swear and abuse someone who was your close friend. In fact, it was a way of showing affection. Oh, if you yeah. saw them on the street, you would give them a rude sign with your hand and, and yell, you know, get stuffed or whatever you did in, in slightly less polite language than that. It was just the the way in which the the city, the, the town kids spoke to each other after, a, I mean, I was initially quite offended, but uh, after a time I realised this is their rather bizarre way of expressing affection uh, or at least some kind of acknowledgement of each other. And it was quite dangerous if they didn't do that because that meant you were in a lot of trouble if you weren't acknowledged. But I still think that in situations where we don't know people or when it's your default behaviour, you're better off if your habit is to treat them politely than it is to swear at them. I think it's oh. uh, as a default position which affirms their goodness and their, their dignity, the default position is better to be politeness than, than abuse. Uh, when I was a lot younger, I was taught very, very old-fashioned dating habits um, by my father who was very, very old-fashioned in his own way. And many of them, I at the time, I thought that's just utterly ridiculous. It's just completely ludicrous, out of step with modern society. Uh, and I ignored a large part of what he told me. But uh, carry two handkerchiefs, that kind of thing? Uh, yes, yes. That course, exact that's, example is it. Can you just scary. explain to our audience why carry two handkerchiefs uh, is, is a, a well, dating thing? One for you and one for your lady. Yes. So if you need to offer your handkerchief in the case. Uh, of emergency or some kind of genuine uh, gentlemanly gesture, you're not offering the snotty one that you've used earlier. And you're always ready for her, her. yes. Yes, indeed.
0: That's lovely. Um, I'm so glad you were
1: talking. I hope all of the the children at home have uh, have imbibed that particular lesson. Well, I don't know that I've told them that because they already think I'm a dinosaur. But um, Children always think their parents are dinosaurs. Yeah, but uh, there are some things I cannot shake that, that I was taught of these kinds of habits, like walking on the road side of the footpath of someone who is um, like a child or, or someone smaller than you in some way. It wasn't necessarily a dating thing, just simply because you place yourself at the uh, the side of most risk. Right. Um, it, it's something I can't stop doing because it's a habit. It's a good thing. It's a good instinct to want to care for and protect other people. It can become absurd when the habit itself takes over and it's got nothing, like it becomes obsessive. <laughs> it's nothing to do with the protection of the other person.
0: Yes. Ob- obsessions are not habitual, though, are they? Ob- obses- obsessions are slightly different. that They in- engage a bit more of the will than a yeah. habit does. Habits like second nature. But,
1: but some of these habits can be misread. So one of the uh, ones I learned as a, a young lad was to open the door for ladies and that was taken in what I hoped was the right way back then. Uh, but several times in my life, it's been misunderstood by somebody as a, a kind of an attempt to date them or some sort of harassment oh, of yeah. them, uh, as if every time you open a door for someone, you're trying to, um, uh, you know, to make an advance on them. I remember um, being at university, and and a lady opened a door for me,
0: and we both kind of. She obviously had had this other uh, way of thinking. And <laughs> she said to me, chivalry isn't dead, it's just change sex.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I just said, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Honestly, if someone, if someone opens the door for me, I, I, you know, there's the whole, um, I don't know if you've ever shared this one with you, but a friend of mine in seminary preached a, a sermon about Boris and Doris, and we, it's stuck in my mind since because it was such a ridiculous sermon. <laughs> uh, he's preaching this sermon just before our morning tea break. And um, and he said, "If we have two fictional people called Boris and Doris, and they both trying to get out the door to morning tea, and they say, "No, no, after you, Boris, after you, Doris," and they stand there the whole time, refusing each refusing to give in to the other, then neither of them get morning tea. What um, manners and good sense require is one of them to submit to the other one's love and simply <laughs> and to give in and go with it. So either Boris or Doris has to go, thank you very much, and go on. And honestly, if someone wants to pay me that respect, I'm quite delighted to to accept it and say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: your father taught you well. That's great.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, this is the, the, the old rule about... Um, Uh, you know not eating meat on fridays or or having some kind of fasting regime if someone offers you food it's much more polite to accept it than to say no no i'm not you know i'm not doing this because you simply you accept their gracious offer because it's a loving offer and 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 you have something to
0: offer so abstinence is is about the little offering that we make to god you know abstain from meat on a friday to remember the passion so that that offering is there because we're we're trying to call to mind something which is really beautiful and important. But having to eat the meat on Friday set in front of you when you wouldn't normally eat it is itself something to offer.
1: Right. You you haven't lost everything just by eating a little bit of meat. (laughs) Let's come back to the the, uh, changing of habits. Mm. One of the hardest things is if I have a bad habit to stop it and and some bad habits are quite small like the chewing of the nails or something but some of them are bad like i find it very difficult not to correct people with poor grammar <laughs> and my children it's so much so that when when someone even when someone's preaching and they utter a sentence that's abysmal my children's heads will swivel around to look to my reaction <laughs> as if i'm going to leap up and say no father <laughs>
0: Well, at least they recognise the bad grammar. That's the most important point that you've taught them. <laughs> I don't know that that is the most important.
1: <laughs> the most important good thing that you've taught them. Very well, That they, yes, they know yes. the grammar well enough that Dad would object. That's yes, great. Yes, they, they do know the grammar well enough that Dad would object, not, not enough that they would do it themselves. Um, <laughs> but... In the sense that that's a habit that which is quite clearly not helpful. If you're in the middle of a party or if you're someone sharing an anecdote and you, you correct their grammar, it's not. It's not a helpful thing at all. It's an annoying thing and it's, it can come across as being superior or kind of snooty in some ways. So mm. it was quite clearly a habit I had to change. Now, that takes a discipline in my own self. It takes me looking at myself and going, no, that's not worth doing. So I need to stop now. Um, My wife has actually trained me quite well in this regard. So every time I answer a question that she's asked, she reminds me 25 words or less. Um, (laughs) And then she counts them on her hands. Oh, God, love it. So So I have become much better at short answers because of our our years of marriage. (laughs) Right. You've heard of too long, didn't read. This is too long, didn't listen. That's exactly right. (laughs) Oh,
0: bless you! Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: can you think of any other other examples with with regards to habits
0: yeah so a, a common one that crops up will be bad language right so someone's default reaction to something adverse that happens to them or that they see is an expletive of some sort right and it it doesn't necessarily mean that they've engaged their will at that point to you know trot out the best four letter word they know it's just come up from within them and they can't explain right. necessarily why that's the case um the thing about bad habits is is that we Firstly, must have an aversion to them, right? A bad habit that we don't hate is not going to change.
1: Right. So, so, so that's if we fun. like doing it, then it's, it's never going to change.
0: Right. Or if you don't see the problem in it. Motivation is, is a huge point about changing a bad habit. It right. must be unwanted in some way. And right. the other is that it, a bad habit must not simply or does not simply get ended.
1: It must be replaced, replaced with a good habit, at that's least a, a good, good action. Point. That's a good point because we can only grit our teeth and stop ourselves from something uh, for so long. I find this when I'm, I'm trying to change my diet as well. I have a habit of comfort eating so that when, when something it bothers me, I'll go to a particular like – cheese is a bad one for me because um, oh. a little bit of cheese is good. A lot of cheese is not so great. Um, and so uh, being aware of my – uh, my temptations, and also being aware of what it takes to change particular habits, is an important thing in myself. So,
0: what do you eat instead of cheese to break the the comforting?
1: Well, habit? I'll I'll do other things. I'll have uh, water, or I'll I'll yeah. do something other than that to make yeah. me feel better. So, for example, a little bit of exercise, um, or or read a particular book that I enjoy very much, like just a quick chapter of something, or or perhaps. Um, go and you know, have a giggle with my kids or something, right. uh, chat to a friend. C- talking to a friend is often a very good way of distracting us from a bad habit. We were speaking in a pre- prior episode with um, Chantal uh, about this, and she was saying that as soon as you have the urge to do something you really don't want to do but you find difficult to, not to do, you should firstly stop, second, distract yourself and, yes. and get involved with something else, replace them some- with something else. No, and that, often that's exactly it calling a friend is is often a way to do it if it's a very strong habit that you need to do um but just a simple distraction i sometimes use a mantra or a, or some kind of a reminder to myself my children will tell you that it's a very bad habit that i do that because i'll be on the sports field and um rather than uh internalize my thoughts i'll often say out loud how i feel about what i've just done on the sports field and so I will yell quite loudly, badly done, Peter, or or, or, or um, good one, like have a go at myself on the field. And I find that externalising it gets it out and it's done and I can get on with the match. But it's not so great when another poor young child comes on the field and his name happens to be Peter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he thinks he thinks that this evil man is
0: yelling at him the entire match. Yes, yeah. That poor child becomes this avatar for your insecurities.
1: Oh, yes, yeah. indeed. So my children uh, have uh, told me that I'm I'm to stop that. So, well, so with bad habits that are sinful, I have advised
0: people in the past to introduce an act of contrition at the moment that they notice, at the moment of, shall we say, clear retrospection, when they understand what they've done so that they introduce grace into that, that moment uh, and invite God, who is, of course, our best friend, to do his work in us and then get back to what we're supposed to be doing.
1: Are you suggesting that perhaps this is something that some people describe as Catholic guilt, so they see a Tim Tam and immediately feel guilty because they're almost certain to eat it? Is this a positive aspect of that in the sense that if I feel guilty about it, then perhaps there's some behaviour to be changed here? there's an attempt, like if I look at a Tim Tam and immediately feel guilty, then that's probably an indicator. Maybe I just should think about how I'm going to deal with this situation a bit more.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or or maybe, too, we have overladen something as, dare I say, inconsequential as a Tim Tam biscuit. Right. uh, With certain value
1: judgments about ourselves. Which is not realistic. Which is not realistic. So we we can think about it then would hopefully reveal that. Right, right.
0: We we can go back and re-examine our attitudes to things that do bother us but which you know, seem to provoke uh, an habitual or or learned response from us. Yeah, um, It's not always the case that we, we are just simply uh, bad people for yeah. wanting something like a Tim Tam that's in front of us.
1: Well, there can be habits of mind and habits of uh, body. So habits, physical habits are easy to point to because you can see them and you can see the results of them. But mental habits, I have to say, are much harder to deal with. I have a habit of kicking myself over conversations afterwards. Like I'll pick out the three worst things I said and then regurgitate them in my mind for the next 10 years and that's only (laughs) partially joking.
0: Recording some of your conversations that you can play back your haunting moments at different points in your life. I'm very much
1: afraid I don't need to record (laughs) conversations because they're all all very clear in my head. (laughs) It's a curse, I tell you. (laughs) Playing back. Uh, bad situations especially when it's something that you wish you hadn't said or you you messed up or you didn't catch the cues of is a a bad habit it's a habit which doesn't help the situation now once you've played it back once and you've decided okay this is my judgment of that situation i will do better next time then that's over you should be moving on and learning your lesson Uh, replaying it and replaying replaying it is is a work i think of the devil that is he's trying to torture you with, with mistakes rather than deal with, you know, allow you to grow into something better and, and yeah. to accept forgiveness.
0: He can, he can certainly make good use of that bad thing. Uh, I, I'm not, not sure that it's always from him, uh, but oh, it's no. certainly something that can play into his agenda.
1: No, no, I'm, I'm sure I torture myself well enough without any help from <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that's, that's more in, the point, isn't it? In terms of the psychological um, damage we do to ourselves, habits of mind either disliking other people or thinking negatively about circumstances or about ourselves almost never are good things in that respect so habits of mind which are positive um, need to replace them so if we have a good habit of thinking well i remember a, a very dear priest who i worked under for some time had i used to really be angry with him because he pathologically incapable of thinking ill of anyone he just couldn't accept that anyone was bad so good it was very frustrating when he was a boss because you you couldn't get him to think ill of anyone um even his employee that (laughs) was doing some bad things is that what you're saying oh no well i mean yeah anyway but (laughs) the the point is is that it became quite a, a huge thing later when someone else tried to defame me and he simply wouldn't believe them Yes, because he simply refused to believe anything bad. Now, in some respects, that's taken to extreme. I remember one of your own brothers changing his habit to say, God love them whenever someone annoyed me, annoyed him. <laughs> and um, he, And I thought, that's a strange thing to say. And then when I thought about it more, I thought, actually, God does love them and he's reminding himself that he, that he does. <laughs> yes. He, I, it, now that I know that, Peter,
0: from you, I, I'll reread his conversations a whole different way now.
1: <laughs> God love them is, a, is an excellent kind of um, way of doing it. Uh, instead of saying that idiot, he says God love them. It's still in the same frustrated tone. <laughs> it's a kind of a reminder, but it's also yes. a reminder that that's the standard of behaviour he's aspiring to himself. If God loves them, then it's my job to kind of align myself to that, and and also wish that God would love them, even if He can't quite yes. yet. Yes. If I know if I know this person as I think yeah. I do, it's a something of a prayer in 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 that way. But habits are incredibly important. I I've spoken in another podcast about I I decided to wake up each morning and say good morning, lovely, to my wife every morning because I wanted that to be the truth which was foremost in my mind at the very beginning of each day. Now, if I had to graph her loveliness in terms of externals through the day, uh, the very first thing in the morning would not be the most obvious time when her lovely, loveliness <laughs> is shining out. And yet... Um, the choice, the habit of those particular words, the habit of greeting we have with each other sets the tone for that relationship. When we say, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Are you well? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, Mostly it's a ritual, but it's a ritual which establishes a mutual care for each other. It establishes at least in at the superficial level that we are interested in the other, that we are not armed, which is what the handshake is about and that we, we are, have no evil intent to the other person, that we, in fact, wish them well in a general sense. All of these habits are very good things, um, habits of waving when someone lets you in in a busy street, you know, someone just acknowledging the, the kindness there. Very strong parts of our society. They seem very small things, but they're the basis of genuine respect between human beings.
0: Yes, and you raise a good point there about intention in forming good habits.
1: So to be a bit
0: resolute, perhaps, dare I say, a bit stubborn about going for it is always a good thing. We can be really discouraged when it comes to unseating a bad habit and replacing it with a good one, because we don't see the change in every time that the stimulus presents itself uh, as our rising, having risen above it. Uh, we, we regress sometimes. But, it, but our growth is a bit like a Christmas tree. You know, we, we proceed more often than we do not.
1: Right. We um we need to reassess the habits though. So, for example, a lot of the country habits I brought to the city were misunderstood, and I had to reassess whether or not they were necessary. Like standing up every time a lady entered the room uh, it became tedious, frankly, when I was in a house of you know very <laughs> lots of people. But it also was misunderstood. It was it was understood as a kind of a put down for some people and so I simply had to stop it um, because it wasn't achieving the end to which it was originally intended. And so I think that while we might respect other people's habits and try to understand them from their intentions, we need to constantly be reevaluating our own habits. Is this a useful thing? Does it help? it may have been useful to to call my daughter a pet name when she was a young girl and perhaps it's not so great now that she's an adult you know these kinds of habits uh need to be constantly thought through all right well that's probably a good place to leave it in that respect we're aiming for good we want to check that all our habits are ordered towards good as catholics but that's enough for this week's podcast if today's discussion got you thinking or arguing with us let us know. You can subscribe to the podcast. I hope you make this podcast your habit at thiscatholiclife.com.au. You can uh, actually find us on all of the podcast apps out there and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook or Discord if you want to chat back to us. Remember, this is a uniquely Australian Catholic podcast and we think that's a good idea. Tell your friends. We'll be back next week, but that's all for now. Thank you for listening to This Catholic Life.